On this week's show, we're going to talk about driving revenue during your plan maintenance season, part two. Welcome to Cracking the Code, the show that helps you overcome the challenges you face every day in contracting and keeps you on the cutting edge of emerging trends and best practices. Welcome to the audio version of Cracking the Code. Now, this was originally a video show, so if you hear us talking about something related to an image or any other visual element, you can see what we're talking about by going over to egia.org show and see what we're doing there and Cracking the Code. Thanks for listening. Let's get started. On today's show, we're going to be talking about driving revenue in your planned maintenance season. This is part two of a two-part series. So if you didn't see part one last week, go back and watch that first, then come on back here and join us. Once again, we're going to fall back on Steve Morris. You know, last week we talked about, you know, how to get the conversation started with IAQ. We talked about some ways to get those conversations kicked off. Today, Steve's going to go a little bit further and talk to us about how we can bundle IAQ products so we can sell them as a package. Also, he's going to share with us his secret sauce, one of his most powerful closing tools. I see this a lot where guys say, I get it, I know how to transition it, I get the whole thing, and then you leave. You gotta have a product solution. And I like to see those solutions put into packages. So you need to have product solutions readily available. I would encourage you and your management team to come up with product solutions in packages. Bundle them. Bundle them in IAQ packages. I can help you with that. I can give you kind of a concept. The, the high-end one should do all three phases of contamination. It's a super-duper model. The next one does all three, but not as, as quick as this one. It doesn't have some bells and whistles. The one after that does the, the, the germs and the gas, or the germs and the particles, but doesn't do the gases. And the last one just does the particles. And that could be filtration or, or, or polarized media air cleaner, whichever you decide you're going to put into the packages. But you can see how the packages flow. Super duper does all three, only does two, only does one. So let's figure out a way to have those packages ready and available. Let the homeowner choose the best one to fit your budgets and your needs. You know, don't say, hey, look, everybody's buying this one, or you should buy the most expensive one. It's not about that. It's about, remember, we're getting it, them into shopping and buying mode. We're not in selling mode. They get the pick. And that's going to be one of your statements. Here's the packages, and you get to pick the best one to fit your budgets and your needs. Here's a little idea on how packages work. We can bundle these packages for you and, and kind of mix and match the way it might work in your market. So here again, I can, I can help you out with that. What if you put the packages in front of them? What if they pick the most expensive one? What if they pick the middle one? What if, what if they pick, pick the least expensive? What if they say, no, I don't want any of them? Any one of these scenarios can happen. What do you do? Try to sell them the higher package? If they pick the middle one, are you trying to get them up to the other one? Or keep pushing to try to get a sale if they say no? Remember, we're not in selling mode. The thing is, we got to do our job. Our job is to communicate this information to them, show them packages, then they pick the best one that fits their budgets and their needs. So get ready to write this down. You know, there's all kinds of different closing statements and techniques. So whatever they pick here, here's what I want you to say. Okay. They pick the highest package. Okay. They pick the lowest one. Okay. You know what? I can't afford it today. My husband just lost his job. We're putting three kids through college. I just don't have any money. I'd love to have it, but I just can't do it right now. You take a note of it, and you say, okay. See, the whole point is, it's not about a sales process. As much as it is about communicating, getting the solutions in their hand, and then letting them choose the best one that fits their budgets and their needs. 
and then just say, okay, your job is done. You see how this concept kind of works is that you don't have to get into sales mode during a call. This is about fixing mode. We're fixing something for them. The dirt, dust, and debris, the germs, and the gases is what broke it. How do we fix it? We fix it with the right filtration, the right air cleaning, and the right UV technology. So how about if they say, well, how much does it cost? And let's say that's during the diagnostic stage. You know, is there any reason why you wouldn't want a better filter or a proper air cleaner to prevent this from happening in the future? Well, the only reason I can think of is it depends what it costs. The worst thing you can do right there is pull out a price list. Don't pull out the prices. Now you're in sales mode. Now in their mind, oh, he was already ready to sell me something. Remember, we just want to be in this, this uh, conversational mode. And so what I would like you to say is, first of all, remember why you were there to begin with. You were there for a service and maintenance call. You have to take care of that first. Let me take care of this, and then I'll show you my bundles and my packages. So here again, finish what you're doing. The thing I want you to say to them is, you know, it depends. Let me finish up here. When I'm done fixing the equipment or you know, servicing your, your piece of equipment, doing the maintenance, I'll go out in the truck, and we, this happens to us all the time about the indoor air quality concerns. We already have some packages put together, and I'll show them to you. You get to pick the best one to fit your budgets and your needs. But you're going to do it later, because why were you there? You're there to service and maintenance on a unit. Keep that in mind. Don't get into sales mode. They're getting into buying mode now because they're asking you questions. And it's coming down to price now. So it's up to them to pick the best one that fits their budgets and your needs. And that's just about the, the package presentation. So it really comes down to this. You have your plan put together. You understand the technology. You must have all five of these in your process. The foundation, the observations, communication, understanding, and solution. Without one of these, if you lose one, the other ones remain out of focus. So that's your plan. I want you to plan for success and focus on indoor air quality so you can help your customers breathe cleaner, fresher, and healthier air. Listen, that's some great stuff from Steve. And Steve, we really appreciate it. I hope that you're taking advantage of this, folks. As an EGI member, you have access to all this information. If you're not a member, well, you should be, right? Be sure and get joined up and get access to the Contract University and all of our programs. If you're not a member, fill out the form to the right of this video, select a sample training package, and dive into some seriously powerful content absolutely free. While we're on this conversation of you know, improving communications, I want to share with you a question we got this week that I think goes to the heart of communication, right? The whole art of listening. Listen to the question here. I'm a GM using your program to develop my text into selling text. When I do ride-alongs, I notice that almost all of them have the bad habit of talking over the homeowner, right? This is obviously not a good thing to do. One of the things we know is that we have to listen to people with the intention of understanding them, not listening with the intent, you know, to respond. Have you ever had that conversation with somebody and you just get the sense that they're just waiting for you to stop talking so they can jump in? They're not paying any attention to you. Well, you don't want to be that guy, you don't want to be that gal. You got to listen to people, have conversations, and listen with the intent to understand not with the intent to respond. It's the only way that you can truly understand what your you know, homeowner's going through, what problems they have. I want to share with you a quick video that really illustrates the problem because sometimes men especially, when we hear somebody talking about a problem, we want to jump in and try to solve it instead of stopping and listening and trying to understand the true problem. It's just, there's all this pressure, you know? And sometimes it feels like it's right up on me. And 
I can just feel it, like literally feel it in my head and it's relentless and I don't know if it's gonna stop. I mean, that's the thing that scares me the most is that I don't know if it's ever gonna stop. Yeah. Well, you do have a nail in your head. It is not about the nail. Are you sure? Because, I mean, I'll bet if we got that out of there. Stop would... trying to fix it. No, I'm not trying to fix it. I'm just pointing out that maybe the nail is causing- You always do this. You always try to fix things when what I really need is for you to just listen. No, see, I don't think that is what you need. I think what you need is to get the nail See, you're out. not even listening now. Okay, fine. I will listen. Fine. It's just, sometimes it's like, there's this achy, I don't know what it is. And I'm not sleeping very well at all. And all my sweaters are snagged. I mean, all of them. Yeah, I, that sounds really hard. It is. Thank you. Ow! Oh, come on. Ow. If you would just don't try to see things my way. Now, listen, as men, we all have a problem, right? We don't want to talk about problems unless we're solving them. But in reality, when it comes to selling communications, you got to learn to listen, again, with that intention of understanding, not with the intent to respond. I want to share with you another clip from this week's Ask the Experts call because I think it's really, really important. One of the challenges we all have is that technicians sometimes, you know, they're not filling out the paperwork they're supposed to, right? And sometimes we get a lot of questions, as we did on the Ask the Experts call, about how do you get people, you know, to do their paperwork? How do you get them to be responsible on the back end? One of the ways to do that is with what I call win-win agreements. It's a technique I learned from Stephen Covey in The Seven Habits. So check out this video, and if you're having people that aren't filling out paperwork or you know, fulfilling some part of their responsibility, the win-win agreement can be a very effective way to get things you know, fixed and get people on the right track. All right, so Gary, we're gonna start with you this morning for our first question, and the question is, I have a service tech who is great at everything but doing his paperwork. Any suggestions on getting him more compliant? Well, good morning, everybody. Good morning, Tovia, uh, Wally, Drew. Good morning. Good afternoon to uh, to you guys. Uh, so, hope everybody's doing well. Um, Tovia, I, I, that's a good question. I think the paper is on its way out. So, I think the good news is um, we're probably in an era when that's not going to be a problem for a lot longer. But uh, if a company hasn't made that transition yet, and we're still using paper time cards, paper invoices. Uh, paper uh, estimates for clients, things like that, repair versus replace kind of uh, modification type of discussions. Yeah, I, I think that's a, the reality. And it, I would say it's not only just filling out the paperwork, the compliance issue for us uh, sort of back in 2008 when we, when we went away from paper into electronics was also uh, legibility, uh, you know, uh, English creating, you know, a sentence that somebody inside the office administratively could interpret uh, as well as just filling it out. In other words, going ahead and, and, and doing the work on a timely basis. So I think there's a multitude of problems. Um, there, there isn't one answer to that. Um, you're dealing with the culture and you're dealing with the behavior problem. So we always talk about being hard on the problem, soft on the people. I think the first step is to confront the issue, but you know, confront the behavior, confront the issue itself, meaning that legibility, accuracy, timeliness, the completion of, you know, being compliant towards the paperwork. Uh, and this goes for any behavior, by the way, not just this particular question, uh, results in a 
a pebble in the pond. So, you know, that particular problem creates waves across the organization. It isn't just his particular issue that occurs. There's a multitude of things that occur when that happens. Uh, you know, payroll doesn't get done or somebody has to chase down the information. Parts don't get ordered properly. Customer service doesn't necessarily have the ability to schedule. So I, mean, I can go down the list. There's probably 30 different things that happen negatively in an organization as the result of that pebble in the pond. So number one is confront the technician relative to what happens in the organization and, and confront the behavior and discuss that. And I think also, you know, you, you really need to be having that structurally uh, move forward with milestones, like what can we do differently? Uh, and so you may want to have conversations with him on a multi, uh, like every two days or every three days basis just to check in. Um, one of the habits that, you know, we, that we create, we talk about habits. And so, uh, you know, Wally always talks about Stephen Covey and, and uh, the seven habits, but any habit is created over a period of time. So this didn't happen just in one event. It took a series of days, weeks, months for this habit to occur. So it's not likely that this habit is going to change. This behavior is going to change quickly. Uh, so I think as a, as a leader or as a manager, you're going to have to resolve yourself that if the tech is worth saving, uh, and somebody that you care about, that uh, you continue to manage that process over a period of time. Uh, and the odds of them falling back are probably pretty high, which is why you've got to set up the timing, the milestones and the discussions. So to me, the service management function is in charge of this. If uh, I'm a smaller business and I am acting as the service manager and you know, the person who's also running the company, uh, it's a tax on your time. But again, it's one of those situations that if you're not going to go electronic, uh, which, you know, forces the issue, then I think you're just going to have to continue to meet with that individual. Um, if you if you continue to meet with that individual, the second step behind that is if it's if he can't get his compliance going on, uh, then I think that uh, constructively, you probably have to put a write up together and and force the issue a little bit more. Uh, aggressively from a human resource point of view, just let them know. Uh, some people might suggest, uh, you know, tying compensation to this, uh, that type of thing. And, and that's an alternative. We have never really done that. We don't really believe in that particular type of behavior pattern change relative to money. Uh, so I, I think you have to be mindful of that, but I wouldn't be opposed to it. Um, I think that's just one of those situations that you would have to be consistent with all your people. Then you wouldn't just want to do that with one individual. So Drew, Wally, I'm going to pass that over to you guys. I'm sure you guys probably got some good comments, but uh, behavior challenges like this are always interesting and uh, we try to get them on the same page, but uh, we don't always, we're not always successful. No, no, great, great comments, Gary. And I, I mean, really not much to add. I, I mean, I, I guess if we do have some companies that are still, you know, uh, doing paper, uh, I would suggest completing the documents the way you want them completed, you know, sample documents, if you will, filled out properly, laminate them, put them into a little binder, uh, you know, so that the uh, the individual or even anybody on the team for that matter, new hires and whatnot, have a document which to reference that shows obviously how you want it filled out. And then like Dick Gary said, it's just daily reviews until they can prove the competence of the task. And that, that holds true for any task. So uh, Wally, I don't know if you have any comments. Yeah, Drew, uh, appreciate it. Uh, thank you. And thank you to Gary. Good morning, Tovia and the audience. Uh, our afternoon, depending on where you are, you know, really, this is the essence of uh, management, isn't it? All right. It's why we all get paid. And, you know, in this situation, we're talking about paperwork, but it could really be any behavior that uh, that someone is engaging in not conducive to the overall well-being of the business. So we'll use this as an example. And Gary mentioned, I refer to 
Stephen Covey a lot in the seven habits. And it's just totally coincidence that this question came up. Uh, habit four in the seven habits is, uh, is win-win and using win-win agreements to manage people. And as we sit here this morning, I'm filling out uh, about 10 of them for a client with their people. And these win-win agreements are super simple. Number one, what's the win for the team member? So for the service technician, have them sit down and write out what's the win for you. And then you write out what's the win for the company. So we just, we're looking for mutual benefit and mutual outcome. And then uh, we just outline what's the terms of the agreement. So we're having a problem, you getting paperwork. So we're going to monitor this for 90 days. So that's the term of the agreement. Uh, what resources will be made available, right? As managers, we got to give resources to our people. And whatever those resources would be, we're going to give you plenty of blank invoices. We're going to give you a pen. You know, we're going to give you a box to put the, in the, the paperwork in. We're going to do whatever we have to do, whatever the, whatever the service technician says they need to be able to complete this task. And then there's two lines at the end. If the agreement is successful, in other words, we both do what we're supposed to do, what's, going to be, what's the outcome? If it's unsuccessful, what's the outcome? So if it's successful, we move on to another 90-day period, and maybe there's you know, some incentive or a $50 bonus. Uh, I agree with uh, I agree with Gary saying I love that so much to be tough on the problems and 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 uh, and not on the people. Uh, I believe in that. You know, I believe in more carrot, less stick, unless the stick's absolutely necessary. But then the bottom line is, if the agreement is unsuccessful, right? It might mean uh, you're on a week's you know unpaid leave. It might you know it might mean you get fired. Whatever you guys decide is the outcome if it doesn't happen. And then both people sign and date it. And the beautiful part about this, in 90 days you get to pull this out. Uh, you might monitor on a weekly basis with them, right? That could be one of the terms of the agreement, 90 days with a weekly review. And it, at the end of the 90 days, they know if they did it or not. So it takes a lot of the pressure off of you of having to come up at the last minute and saying, that's it, I can't take it anymore, you're fired, right? That's not an effective way to manage people. But if you clear, if you clarify the expectations, you make the resources, you monitor on a weekly basis, if you get to the end, they just can't do it for whatever reason, then, you know, maybe it's time that you part as friends. But uh, it's the essence of management. So whether it's a service tech not turning paperwork in, uh, I've got a client that if the salespeople, because oftentimes they don't turn the paperwork, paperwork in late at night because they're on the lead maybe till nine or 10 at night, but all they have to do is to take a digital picture of the agreement and send it to a certain person and they could bring the paperwork in the following day. But if they don't send that picture in, then they don't get a lead the next morning. You know, that's a pretty stern way to handle it. And as a last resort, you might have to do something like that. But I think agreements that everybody can agree to and agree to the outcomes, it takes a lot of the pressure off of you. And it's really you're managing the problem. And the result of whatever happens really dictates the outcome more so than, you know, you flying off the handle and getting frustrated with somebody. Well, folks, that's our show this week. You got to keep in mind, you got to drive that revenue with IAQ products, right? On those planned maintenance calls and also find effective, meaningful ways to get people to do their paperwork and fulfill their other responsibilities. Next week, we're going to be talking about some of the most common objections when you're selling IQ. So you want to see that because at the end of the day, nothing happens till something gets sold. You got to understand how to deal with the objections. That's our show. We appreciate seeing you. We'll see you again very soon. Until then, bye-bye for now.